Gravity. It was a 2013 science fiction <laughs> thriller film directed by Alfonso Cuarón. By the Fonz. Was it directed by the Fonz? That's awesome. No, I said Alfonso Cuarón. Bro, you know yeah, anybody Cuarón. called Alfonso is strutting around town being called the Fonz. Do continue. Your name's Alfonso. You got a twelve-inch one, don't you? You, you, you that's it's that's between right. your knees. You can okay. you, sw- you can swing that thing into any uh, ice cream shop and bang the uh, jukebox, and it is playing your song. Yeah, yeah. It enters the room, and then you do. Anyway, that 20, guy. Twenty-four <laughs> inches later, he enters the room. Yeah. Okay, so it's a film directed by <laughs> Alfonso. The Fonz. Who, who also co-wrote, co-edited it and produced the film. He co-wrote it with his son. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Little Fonz. Melts your heart. Little Fonzy. It stars Sandra's Got Bollocks and by Curious George Clooney as American astronauts who are stranded in space after a mid-orbit destruction of their space shuttle, and they attempt to return to Earth. Oh, my God. The drama. Mm-hmm. Wow. Space uh, Gravity drama. Was, yeah, space drama. Gravity was produced entirely in the United Kingdom, where British visual effects company Framestore spent more than three years creating most of the film's visual effects, which involve over 80 of the 91 minutes in this film. Jesus. Oh, Gravity opened the 70th Venice International Film Festival on August 28, 2013, and had its North American premiere three days later at the Telluride Film Festival. Upon its release, Gravity was met with widespread critical acclaim and praise for its direction and visual effects. Considered one of the best films of 2013, it appeared on numerous critics' year-end lists and was selected by the American Film Institute in their annual movies of the year list. The film became the eighth highest grossing film of 2013. Uh, that's eight. Yeah. Uh, uh, with a worldwide <laughs> gross of over $723 million, Alfonso was in it. He was, God, he must have had so many chicks. Uh, and so it only cost 100 jackets. million to make. Oh, all the leather jackets, the chicks. The so Ferraris. much leather. Mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock must have been like, oh, you're great. You're great. His home would smell like just clean furniture and leather jackets. Oh, he'd have a little footstool just to put his pecker on. A little, a little, uh, a little Fonzie cockstool. Yeah. That's what, I, that's, the first purchase. that's what it's called. If I could afford it, I, I, that's what I would do. There's a little cushion um, on it. Little, yeah, velvet. Mm. Yes. Um, so so <laughs> I, one of the big problems for me with this film, if we can get serious for a moment, is just all the round-earth propaganda that this film pushes on the audience. Well, it's, it's no, it's just showing that from a bird's eye view, the flat earth is circular. They don't show that it's not flat. It says here in Britain, they spent three years creating the film's visuals. So they had to fake the entire thing because as we know, the earth is flat and they had to try and 
they showed showed the curve of the Earth, which preposterous, preposterous, preposterous. I think you know if if the man that created flat Earth had all those LCD screens that have fooled us for so long into thinking that there is an atmosphere and we live on a globe. I'm pretty sure they can spend three years and fool us, show us the round earth. Yeah. Uh, But just to be clear, the earth's a fucking globe. You guys are morons. It's not flat. (laughs) There's no giant ice wall. It's not fucking Game of Thrones. You know, Game of Thrones, it's actually meant to be an inverse world. So it's spherical, but they're on the inside of the sphere and the world curves up and around them. Sweet. Like they're in a loop. I didn't know that. That someone explained folks, that to me. I never got is it. quiz night trivia at its best. Yeah. George Roger Ricardo Martin is a genius. It's his name Roger Ricardo. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> but, uh, I won't uh, have to, any falsehoods on this show. Sorry, this is Brad, this I am responsible. Is, that is dangerous and harmful information. We have Even a fact checker. Who couldn't yep. think for themselves. Um, Don't forget Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, the fact checker, will be on us like a python on a termite. Yeah. Uh, gravity. Well, so um, this... You said 2013. I remember the marketing for this film. This film was like, wow, winner of X hoity-toity film awards. Sandra Bullock's finest moment, the chemistry with George Clooney. It's like you're in space with the visual effects, right? And it was well marketed. I went to the cinema expecting a life-changing space masterpiece. Did I get it? Um, uh, yes. Um, apart from the bit where Sandra Bullock was in her undies, it's pretty boring, mate. Like they had the big explosion and then the, you know, visually amazing. But overall, oh, my God. If you want to have a good nap, ladies and gentlemen, put gravity on. Rebuttal. Uh, you've gone crazy. Shove that up your bottom. <laughs> um, I oh, do tell it. Change my mind. Uh, you're a stupid person. I have no facts to add. <laughs> I have. I have. I'm just going to result. The... I'm going to resolve to uh, personal insults and no logic, like like an Perfect. adult. <laughs> go go right ahead. I will fact check your logic and hate speech. Um. I really enjoyed this film uh, in the theater. I loved it. I thought it was an incredible experience. I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like a super thrill ride, but it does have boring bits. And re-watching it, um, I sort of analyzed those boring bits and why I think they sort of came out. But it is visually spectacular. It looks beautiful. It still looks beautiful. There's only a couple of little things where you go, oh, the flame looks a bit digitally fake. Mm. But the spike shops are... Uh, you know the space stations and space and them floating around like it's all pretty flawless stuff Uh but does does a visually amazing film make for an amazing film 
It's just visually amazing. Um, no, Avatar's the prime I mean, example, right? Avatar looks amazing, and I think the story's for shit. Oh, come on. Come at me with that one, James Cameron. I, I'm just getting a text from James Cameron now. Uh, he says, "He says, get rid of that fucking idiot. I told you last week. I'm just agreeing with him. Uh-huh. That's, that's yeah. fine. James, we're, stop being a pussy gonna, and make Aliens 3. We're going to do golf next week. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd describe this film as empty. Um, it's empty calories. <laughs> it's got a low nutritional value. Like it's um it's got exciting set pieces in it. Mm. But um what I did notice was there's a repetitive nature to things. Um so you know when when the when the um debris first crashes through the space station, she gets shaken loose and is flying off into space and she's strapped to that. Um, big metal boom Mm. and we've got to get it back and that kind of scene repeats quite a few times in this film (laughs) Um, most of the time it's uh, okay so they get back to their ship and then they realize it's been hit by the debris their ship is completely useless and there's dead people on board and Marvin the Martian floats by them so now they've got to float through space to the next space station so they yeah. float through space to the next space station. They tell her her oxygen is low. And then he says, stop talking because you've got to conserve your oxygen. And then they just keep talking <laughs> for the next two minutes, sucking up all their oxygen. Her oxygen runs out. And then he says, there's oxygen in your suit. Don't worry. And then her oxygen just seems to keep on going for an unlimited amount of time. <laughs> mm. But when they get to the second space station, they have another little accident and then someone's flying through space and they're kind of repeating that thing. Yeah. Um, so that space station's no good. So what do we got to do? Well, we've got to go float through space to the third space station. When we get to the third space station, we kind of go through the same things again. Well, that space station's not quite so good. So she's got to get out of the space station and she nearly flies away with more debris. It's pretty much the same thing over and over again. We see that same kind of cycle three times. Yeah. Um, well, it's the it's yeah, that, tension release, I suppose. Kind of, you know, like those scenes are well shot. She's floating. Oh, is she going to grab it? Oh, is she going to miss it? You know, and that's bringing in the tension, kind of like a horror film, right? You bring all the tension up, then you either have a kill or you have a uh, yeah, a humorous moment to release that tension. And this yeah. film, I mean, yeah, because it's not sci-fi space. There's nothing. You know, you got to keep it grounded in reality. So that's how you build tension. It's the next thing you've got to achieve. And it's very repetitive. What I struggled with with this film is that I did not give a fuck about the main characters. I didn't care if she made it or yeah. didn't make it. You know, like there was no, no real time spent with character development. It was kind of like, here's a scene. We've set up these people are on the station and you're waiting for that big, as you say, the, the visual moment you know the uh, station falls apart or whatever you know the action starts and she's on the boom blah 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 blah. but then i didn't care Uh, give me give me something else you know like 
all the way through. I was like, yeah, whatever. Thing is, there is character development, but it's all done through um, dialogue. So she has a child who was killed in a random accident. And that comes into one of the themes of the film that the director talked about, about randomness. And, um, and the film is about overcoming, overcoming adversity. And so it gets very metaphorical. Like there's a scene where she curls up into a ball, she's floating in space, and then there's tubing going around her, and it looks like she's inside the womb as a baby and there's mm-hmm. a vocal cord coming out of her. So at that stage, it's saying she's a baby and needs to develop. And watching the film, I don't read this anywhere, but when she splashes down and hits the water, she breaks through the doors, the, the waters mm-hmm. break, gush out, and yep. she exits the vagina of the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is now born because she has overcome adversity and grown She's as a back person. on Earth. And I think, yeah. I think director the Fonz had, you know, he just wanted to see Sandra Bullock come out of a metaphorical vagina. He's a sick man, director the Fonz. Yeah, hashtag me too. Um, mm, yeah. yeah, put like Sandra say, in her underwear, you know, like it's not just give me speed three, Sandra Bullock. This is the, the, the here we go. This is Sandra Bullock's slow. They called her, could have just called it what's the opposite of speed? Slow, no, it's slowing down. Fast, yeah. Slow, decrease speed. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a learned boy. Uh, I think. Um, oh man, I, I think the scenes are quite gripping, but they are repetitive. And mm. it seemed to me like I was reading through uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about you know the scientific things that they got wrong, mm. and um, like. When I was in the theater, there's that scene where she's caught up in the rope. George Clooney's floating off into space. They grab onto hands, grab hands. And then for some reason, momentum is still pushing him away from her, but it's like gravity exists in space all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. She's held him. She stopped them. They're stopped. There is no more momentum pulling on him, but the film yeah. seems to think there is. And she could have just sort of, pulled him towards her and that would have been it they would have floated back space up wind. To the space station space yeah, wind that's kind of an unreal situation and there was other things i noticed like that neil degrasse tyson didn't talk about and maybe i'm a, a, an idiot but when she opens the hatch to the space stations to get in all the air, mm. there's a scene where all the air floods out and then she hops in and then in once she closes the door, she immediately takes off her helmet and it's like the place is filled up with oxygen again. I kind of expect that um, it would take a while for the oxygen to refill the entire ship. Um, Sure. And and there's another thing where she opens the hatch, everything floods out, she gets in and then she's going through it and there's all these objects in there just floating about like ping pong bats and stuff like that. Where Uh were they playing ping pong in there? Like, it was it's, pretty cramped. If you've ne- if you've never played <laughs> space ping pong, you you haven't lived. Yeah, someone was saying it was a bit racist, just assuming because it's a Chinese space station, they're going to have a ping pong bat. Well, you need visual clues, you know. <laughs> Show don't tell. How do you play ping pong in space? 
out of the balls. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> if you if you had to show one thing, if you had an empty space station and you had to show from the inside that this is a Chinese space station, what would you show? Um, ping pong what? bat. Ping pong bat would be pretty fucking far down the list, right? A wok, rice, I think um, noodles. <laughs> um, <laughs> they would have had ducks hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> Their heads cut oh, off. <laughs> and that's the end of our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We've been cancelled by China. <laughs> I love you, China. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you, you give um, us toys. <laughs> Yeah, we need we we still need to borrow money, so uh, we love you. Yeah. Um, Good luck, China. There was kind of a thing, you know. Um, I picked this movie because we did Apollo thirteen and talked about how scientific and you love space movies. Was. I love space. I movies. can't wait for the next Dan's space choice. And then we get gravity, and it's yeah, it's. A, it, I said it's like essentially exactly the same story as Apollo thirteen, but it's kind of revved up a little. And um, where was I going with this? Um, Fuck! But it's it's this weird. Is an audio like media. Sandra Bullock is a is a um, she's a nurse, but somehow now she's an astronaut, and she has to be talked through everything, and she panics. Um, whereas they were very professional in Apollo thirteen, they acted like trained people. She's. It was interesting that she's up there and she's like, I failed every simulation. It's like, would they send her into space if she failed does every it, simulation in the space program? Probably does not. it ever work out for lady astronauts? Let's just be honest. You know, this isn't the patriarchy speaking, but if I'm, if even if I think movies, it doesn't work out for school teachers. I mean, they have a bad well, time well, going into space. That's right. Let's not talk about real ones, though. But like, <laughs> Ellen, Ellen Ripley, right? Space astronaut. That doesn't end yeah. out well. Aliens come along, right? Sandra Bullock. She's the only one that well survived, and she she was the only one who survived, and she did it by getting her underpants off, getting down to her skivvies. That's true. Just Distract like the did. alien. Distract the alien with your giant seventies bush. That's how you survive. If I was a woman in space and disaster struck, I would have my spacesuit off in a second and just running around in my undies. It's the only way you're going to survive. Yeah, um, that's what, if we've learned nothing else from cinema, that's what is needed to survive. Yeah. And the cancellation continues of judgmental. It's been nice chatting with you. (laughs) These messages have been brought to you by the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, She's a bit incompetent is the problem. What I'm bringing up being a complete, uh, you know, everyone knows I'm woke. The problem I'm bringing up is she's saying a woman you're in woke. space and they, they make her incompetent as shit. <laughs> saying you're woke means you're just not woke. You know that. Well, saying you're woke means I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. You see, blowjobs don't it's count, a, right? It was a cigar. It didn't count. Right? Uh this film, uh, I would com- I would compare it poorly to. I mean, you think about it; it's generally Sandra Bullcox um, running the show, right? This is her film; she's yeah. the star. It's essentially her on screen for what eighty 
90% of the runtime on her yeah. own. George Clooney kind of floats in and out. That I was disappointed about. I'm a I'm a Clooneyphile. I like some George. So the scenes that he were in, I think, lit up the screen, as he does always. But Sandra Bullock, I found, didn't have the chops to carry the film on her own. I think she does well, but she's no Tom Hanks in Castaway. You know what I mean? She wouldn't make me cry over the loss of a volleyball. I think she was fine. It was just that they wrote her to be, she doesn't know how to spaceship, fly a spaceship. She's crashed all the simulators. She doesn't know what to do. George Clooney has to come back in the dream sequence the man, and tell her what the to man go on. has to save to the day. Yeah. Patriarchy yeah. of space. Yeah. She was going to kill herself at that point. I thought that was a really good scene from her when she's like, I'm going to die. I mean, everyone's going to die, but I'm going to die today. Like, I thought she was being, that was good acting. That was good acting. Hmm. Hmm. Well, she can act. She's a Don't get me wrong. Lady. She's a lovely looking lady. But I never want to see miscongeniality again ever in my life. You know what Sandra Bullock's best in, and I'm so happy I get to mention this film, is Demolition Man. Sweet Jesus, that's a fun film. Oh, my God. You remember that? Stallone. Three the three shells. The bathroom with she, three shells. And- what? What happened to Wesley Snipes? Where did he go? He didn't pay his taxes. Oh, and is they that put what another happened? black man in prison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is he back though? Is he is he back now? Is he doing stuff or is he just like a um like a yeah, cameo appearance in Adam Sandler films? Yeah, so like we're gonna that. get Blade Four at some point. Wasn't he in that Coming to America too? You watched? Oh, he was. Yeah, he was like the um the tribe leader. Uh, side note, please, anyone oh, listening, racist. do, do not. Do, but <laughs> do not. <laughs> no, I've got plenty of black friends, Dan. Um, don't. I'm talking about watch. casting him as a. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm right, woke. Me. I see the, everything. The directors. Yeah, that's it. The directors, not me. Okay, take it back. Um, oh, fuck. I've lost my point now. Uh, don't watch. If you loved coming, if you loved the comedy classic Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. And Samuel L. Jackson, please do not watch the horrible uh, Amazon Prime sequel coming to America or coming to America 2. I forget what they call it. It is. It's up there with it's up there with Jay and Silent Bob reboot as the biggest waste of time. Kind of just getting the cast back together and hoping, putting them in a room, filming them doing nothing and hoping that the fans enjoy it. Is that like Zoolander 2? <laughs> I don't think oh I even God. saw Zoolander 2. Is that more of the same? Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Oh, my God. Look, this, to the directors of the world, to the, to the, the Fonzies, the Fonzes of the world, if you're going to direct a sequel, please make something happen, right? Look at the sequels that have worked. We bagged them, but look at, at Jim Cameron, Aliens with an S. The greatest sequels of all time. Again, Jim Cameron, Terminator 2. <sighs> make it bigger, make it better. Give me another sequel by somebody that is not James Cameron that is better than the original. I can't think of one right now. Help me out, Dan. Go. What do you want me to do? I don't know. Just give me another sequel that's really good. <laughs> oh, apart from Aliens. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Flying high too. Stuff. That was still funny. There's a flying high too? You mean airplane too? Or whatever airplane that is. Two. Same film. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was really good. Um, oh, my God. I can't think of yeah. any good sequels. Oh, there's lots. Lots and lots and hey, lots. I can't take there's, the time to think about it. Batman Begins and then Dark Knight. And then, um, well, you're Dark Knight, okay. Yeah, that leveled up. That was kind of a trilogy thing, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, you get to Last Crusade being the third Indiana Jones. Oh, uh, yeah, hey, there we go. Yeah, good example. The Last Crusade, I think, is the best of the indies, but Indy 5 is going to be a magical piece of wonderment. But you know, we'll talk about that when it comes out. Oh, god, you keep your even, mouth shut, even, you keep your mouth the- shut. Kalima, I will take your heart out. Don't say it. Even, even the director of Kingdom of the Castle Skull bailed on that one. <laughs> Spielberg, he's too old to do anything. Yeah. He's God, doing Jaws Seven. Indy's going to have his walker. Mate, <laughs> he's going to get his walking you, frame up to the wall, you, and then they're going to cut, and someone else is going to jump over the wall, and then he's going to get him pop up the other side and go. Still got it. You shut your mouth. I'm giving you the Harrison Ford finger right now. I'm pointing at you sternly and telling you to not bag Harrison Ford. He's a he's a he's a gentleman and a scholar. Did you know that when Danny Glover was too old for the shit in Lethal Weapon One, he was 41. When you were 41, you're officially too old for this shit. But he was playing 94. So he's a <laughs> um, anyway, I'm sure they'll put all sorts of CG into Indy. We have gone way off topic here. Let's circle back using the force of gravity. See what I did there? Back into the film we are discussing, which is Sandra Bullock, Undy's placenta birth. So um, there's a scene where Sandra Bullock gets down into her underpants and she's got quite impressive thighs, doesn't she? She she could crush a baby's head with those things. Sandra Bullock does in no way have a meat apron. No. Oh, lovely lady. Lovely lady. With a pixie cut in this film. Oh, lovely. Um, So another little weird thing I thought. You're a a lonely man. You're a lonely man. They used a space station to re-enter the atmosphere. Like <laughs> I was under the impression they 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 don't fly the space station into space. They they build them up there. And I don't think they're designed mm. to be flown back down. <laughs> it was just another visual of the patriarchy, a large phallic object forcing its yeah. way into the atmosphere. She's going to be in so much trouble when she when she gets back to Earth and they give her a bill for $480 billion for <laughs> crashing a space station through the atmosphere. I'm, I made it. I survived the tragedy and I'm back on Earth. I'm so happy to be alive. Here's your tax bill. Uh, Why don't you detach the fucking pod? <laughs> I think she should have just given up in space and the movie could have ended like an, an hour earlier. What's the running time of this thing? Uh, like Lawrence hours. of Arabia. Jesus. Oh, it's only like a 90 minutes. Like it gets in and gets out. No, it um, felt so much longer. So, you know, the ending when she crawls onto the beach and then she stands up and 
so the and director she sees the said, Statue of Liberty on the beach. The director says um, that hey. scene is meant to show the human evolution and resolution resilience of life. Um, ah. So she's uh, fights away she's like a fish after crash landing, passing a frog, grabs the soil, slowly regains her capacity to stand upright and upright and walk. She's in these murky waters like an ambiguous fluid or primordial soup in which you see amphibians swimming. She crawls out of the water, not unlike earthly creatures in the evolution. And then she goes on all fours. After being completely on all fours, her back's curved and she stands erect. It's the evolution of life in one quick shot. <laughs> erect. So, like, that's all metaphorical and stuff, but, like, it's not like a story, is it? Like <laughs> I think this guy's got a lot of metaphors and symbology kind of going on here, like her being an embryo in the womb and all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. None of it really adds up to, well, what are you actually saying? That's right. You're just sort of saying human evolution, um, which we all know is false. God created us in seven days and the earth is flat. It's propaganda all around in this film. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely right. He's just throwing it in our faces that, um, you know, oh, the nerve, the nerve of these, the, such the nerve of the Fonz and his 24 yeah. inch deck on his yeah. flocks, the cock stool. Uh, what, yeah, like I think you're right. If you have, you can have all the visual wonder and have all the, the ideas of I'm going to show this evolutionary or oh, she's going to crash placenta ocean evolution. Oh, she went past a frog, spreading the curtains. It, Spreading meat curtains. You, I'm glad you brought that back. We're, we're bringing that back. Meat, <laughs> meat curtains aprons, and meat, curtains. meat aprons. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. Um, I, oh, I've got no idea what my point is now. Um, but yeah, if you if you you can put it in your film, but if then nobody fucking notices it until you explain it in your post film interviews, have you really done your job? Yeah, it's stuff I yeah. kind of noticed, but then I just couldn't quite connect the pieces of well, well, that's more like a factual statement than actually a philosophical statement about mm. anything to me. Um, what, yeah. uh, okay, you're going into your local uh blockbuster video and uh, mm. getting a double feature. What are you bargain binning like gravity with? <sighs> I'm going to say The Last Starfighter. Ooh, future episode of the podcast. Um, mm. It's a great film. How does, is it just random space you've picked? Because you went from one with no action whatsoever, essentially, to a pretty hardcore 80s action movie. This film's got a lot of action. Gravity's got a lot of action. Well, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about, though? Gravity's based in reality and the last starfighter <laughs> is a kid uh plays an arcade machine and then gets taken off to fight an intergalactic battle against alien yeah it's just not many, themed all right not many visual metaphors and a different there. flavor of a space movie okay i'll um would you double on, on, well on those grounds I'm going to double feature slash bargain bin it with a, a film you mentioned earlier, which ties into space. 
and depending on which country you're in, it has a different title, um, Airplane 2 or Flying High 2 because that's a space movie as well, a space disaster movie. So I think it fits quite well. Thank you very much. Uh, fair enough. So I, IMDb, it's got a 7.7, and some of the people say absolutely unique and spe- spellbinding. Artificial mm. space disaster f- disaster film saddled with an awful lead. Oh, it's not very nice. Well-crafted, but ha- really hard to believe. Uh, the intensity of the experience covers up for the weakness in the events in writing. The effects are unbelievable, but so is the script. And someone really didn't like it. They said, on life support. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Cat's Meows out of 10, what are you going to give this this (sighs) classic? I'm going to give it four and a half meat curtains out of 10. So that's almost half open. (laughs) that That is one... One meat curtain per vote, so it's not two meat curtains in every one. It's a four out of ten. Uh, I'm going to give it a strong six point five. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's kind I of it's, it's kind of moderate for you. It's a it's a well, it's diminishing repeat returns on repeat viewings. That's what I would say, but really enjoyable the first mm. time round. Um, but it's a bit flimsy, a bit repetitive, gets a bit slow, but the, the visuals spectacular and it, it's, it's got Sandra Bullock in her underwear. Yeah. Are you banging something there? Are you banging the desk or have you got I'm it's scratchy? Stop doing that. I can hear that shit. It's miles away. I hope it's a, just a pillow you're tapping. Did it's you hear this? Fuck. You hear that? Are those your meat curtains? I'm I'm sort of tapping the strings on my guitar. Oh, is that it? You're just ruining ruining my life. Ah, okay. oh, well, we've run out Gravity. of time. Yeah, I would yeah, never Gravity. watch this film again. But if you haven't seen it, watch it once at least. And yeah, then uh, it's good. Put your brain on hold. Yeah. Don't get too critical. No, mate, you need to look out for metaphors with frogs and curved spines and shit. Birth. Yeah. Birth. Deep. All right. Until next time, go and watch Last Starfighter instead of Gravity. Yeah, and Airplane 2. <laughs> Radio. Sure. Thanks for listening to Pointless and Confused. We believe there's a little thing where you can send a tip if you yep. want. We have no idea how it works. We need cash. Yeah. For whores. And Vegemite. Yeah. Good day. No. Tell them the other thing. Oh, what was the other thing? Subscription. Um, Oh, look, you could could subscribe if you want to, if you want to hear the sound of our sweet, sweet voices in your ear. Whenever a new episode drops, you'll be the first to know. Yeah, we're not sure how you do that either, but you'll figure it uh, out. Wouldn't you do this? Come on, you guys. <laughs>